This podcast is brought to you by journalism.co.uk. On the job hunt, your next position could be waiting for you on our jobs board. Head over to journalism.co.uk where you'll find the latest opportunities as well as our job of the week. Hi and welcome to journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Marcela Kunova. Each week, we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. And today, we speak to Tabia Kshashik, the co-founder and CEO of Hostwriter. If you have never heard of Hostwriter, it is an open network that helps to connect more than 4,200 journalists from around the world and enables them to collaborate. Tabia, welcome to our podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. You just published a book called Unbiased the News, why diversity matters for journalism. So just out, tell us about the book. It's uh, it's meant to be a provocation, for sure. Unbiased in news, like it sounds a little bit like, what, the news is biased? And I think going to journalism training, going to journalism schools, there's this idea of journalism is neutral, it's objective, it's impartial. There's kind of this thought as if we as journalists are outside observers, like we are not involved in the events that we cover, kind of this idea of having, having a, access to a new from nowhere. And I think uh, when we look at cultural studies or in, in many, many other areas, um, it's so clear that um, like true objectivity, like absolute objectivity, the ultimate truth doesn't exist. But in journalism, there's still this thought, there's absolute truth. And while there's facts, like we don't want to go into this, uh, like anything is, is, is relative. No, like there's facts and we can agree on facts. But when you tell a story as a journalist, you are taking out some aspects over others. You prioritize one thing over the other. And there is a certain bias when the newsrooms aren't as diverse as the societies that they serve. And unfortunately, that's kind of the case. I like that phrase from the book. Diversity is not about political correctness. It's about quality journalism. So if the title is Unbiased News, what is the bias and where are we lacking in quality? I think we still have this uh, situation that um, kind of mainstream newsrooms, they are not representing really the society that they serve. And while we're making this claim, this is not about um, political correctness. In Germany, for example, where I'm based or the organization is also based, um, a lot of times diversity is discussed in terms of, oh, we have to integrate and be more inclusive as if society is doing um, the others a favor. But again, coming from Germany, I'd like to give this example, which was for me, like, as a journalist, really a shock. Um, we had this huge scandal in Germany when this um, so-called um, nationalist socialist underground story broke, the NSU. So we had this uh, right-wing terrorist group who had uh, committed nine murders, um, many bombings, um, many uh, bank robberies. And this story, which, I mean, this is a huge story, and there's uh, many investigative newsrooms, but the, this group, this trio, this they went uncovered for 13 years, even though the murder took place all over Germany. So, I mean, missing this major story, I mean, obviously, um, of course, one cannot turn down, okay, this was because there weren't enough people with a migration background in the newsrooms. But it's quite likely that when the majority in the newsrooms 
do not have access to these kind of protagonists, that the first thought that comes to mind when migrants are being murdered, that is not necessarily, oh my God, maybe there's a ra racist trial, but more like, oh, maybe there were some drug stories involved, or hmm, the one guy, he was uh, selling flowers and he would go to the Netherlands, you know, maybe there was like pot and all this, this kind of, this this is the bias kind of that we are talking about, this immediate thought, which is what, what stories do you see and what is overlooked? And this, this is exactly because we are not neutral, impartial and objective. We are not uh, reporting from the out of nowhere, but um, our background, our, our story, our history, our expertise, our experience, Our access to stories and protagonists define what we see and what we don't see. So diversity is kind of mainly two things. One is access to the worlds we might not necessarily belong to as a community. So someone who, need, who is part of, of communities or has just access that other people don't, which is obviously crucial for journalism. And the second thing is just the understanding of the story. So we cannot know something we don't recognize or we haven't learned that exists. Exactly. I think it's not in our DNA as journalists to question ourselves on a, on, a, on a massive scale. But I feel that acknowledging that just as anybody else on the planet, also journalists, we have blind spots. We have um, implicit bias, not because we are bad journalists or not because we are not doing our job properly, but because there's, like, there's so much information out there and um, bias happens automatically and there's millions of bits of information that we perceive every given moment. So in order to see anything we have to like this is the brain that helps us i mean um, having a bias is also helpful i mean this is but as journalists i think it's important to acknowledge that we don't see everything like once we are in a, in a in a demonstration for example we're in the middle of where things happen we tend to see what we know Two years ago, this this big um, debate about uh, whether Google was racist or not, when with this image search, when this when there was this example of when you type in like three black teenagers, you would like see criminals or like like uh, aggressive situations. When you type in three white teenagers, you would have like super generic high school girls and boys having fun. And and this, of course, it's not Google that is racist, but um, the the it reflects the prejudices of our society. In fact, that the images that we see and the stories that we cover, we don't start from scratch. Like there's a history behind it, and we are more like when we're used to black uh, teenagers are criminals, then we tend to see more of these stories. And when uh, when a, when when a white person does something, then uh, maybe it's more the individual story. We cover the individual. How come that this uh, great person with all the big future and ahead of him how come he raped this person how come he became a murderer so in a way we as as editors and newsrooms we have a choice so either we suffer the consequences of bias by missing on stories or we essentially use people bias to our advantage and recruit more people with diverse bias and basically we we just enlarge our toolbox is that right Yes, like newsrooms, it becomes a problem when too many people are similar. And I think like being white, being male, having an academic background, you know, like speaking to certain languages, um, this is very much, uh, this is this is what happens. So, of course, like recruiting diverse people, this is a 
perfect first step. Um, another option would be like making, of course, making the newsroom more diverse, but something that we also as host writer very much um, try to, to enable people to do is to collaborate. Because when you collaborate with other people um, on, a, on a story, like going away from the lone wolf, I know it all, here's my big discovery, but um, especially when it's a cross-border story, when it involves different people. But can you imagine um, a person from the UK, from Ireland, from France and Germany would collaborate on a story about Brexit? I mean, this would be there would be a lot of fights, but in a good way because this I mean this really um, sheds light on the blind spots. This sheds light on what is our look at the world basically, like what are our our assumptions, the things that we don't even notice anymore because for us we take them for granted. So the moment where when different people work together and they see they have these discussions because they interpret facts differently, I think this is for for us this is really like this is the uh, part of the golden road to a better journalism that, that has different aspects. And like the world is complex, like it's 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 more. Maybe we have to get used to that, um, or find different storytelling formats also to be more reflective of of reality in its subtlety. So before we talk about your book, um, let me just ask you a question that I was pondering. So from, you know, I think for many people, we come from. It's almost like a shift between fighting our own bias so we'll still you know question your own bias you know you shouldn't be biased you should see all these stories did we did we just give up did we just acknowledge we can't do that and did we just move to okay so if we are not able to to beat our biases we should just recruit more people with bias to create together sort of richer newsroom is there still a place for us questioning our biases I would like to see the two things intertwined and not so much as the one or the other. I think definitely, yes, we have to have a more diverse uh, uh, newsroom, for sure. But on the other hand, like it's implicit bias, it's unconscious bias. And per definition, like it means that I'm not aware of it. So I think that knowing that um, implicit bias exists and make it, making a deliberate effort of, f- of finding out more of, okay, where am I likely to miss something? And then I include more um, uh, colleagues to work on a story. I think this this would be a good shift. It's not, I wouldn't really say ah, let's give up and you know, it's impossible and we can't do this and uh, we failed. No, I just feel like like everybody else um, like we have implicit bias and the more we are aware and the more we include other people to cover a story, the better the story gets. And I think that as journalists, like this should be our main goal. Tell me about the book, Unbiased the News, Why Diversity Matters for Journalism. So what stories does it feature and why? For us, it was important to to nail it down. Like, what exactly does it mean? So if we acknowledge, if this is our starting point, that we have implicit bias, then what exactly, what are the stories that we are missing? What, um, like, in a very concrete way, what are some examples? So we reached out, we made a call call for pitches. There was, like, more than 200 pitches, and it was uh, it was quite a challenge to then pick, okay, what are the 30 articles, 30-something that we can include in the book? So the next step was, okay, how can we um, make sure that we don't tap into our own 
biases and only take the stories that we find interesting. So we reached out and had a um, team of 10 journalists from four continents and they checked uh, the the pitches to really, like that in the end, we could really make a selection that is most um, representative also for global issues. We picked stories. It's just some practical examples and it starts obviously with sexism is a big topic. Um, I mean, the living in the in the post Me Too era. Then there's, for example, an example from um, bias in science reporting, and it's by a Latin American colleague. And it's the title is "Excuse me, that's my discovery." And it's an example from Mexico, um, where there was a huge um, uh, discovery. Some asteroid came to the to the Earth, and it was uh, um, connected to the extinction of the dinosaurs. And um, it was run by Latin American scientists. Um, and then there were also, of course, um, American colleagues. But when the story got really big and it broke and it got international media coverage, guess who was interviewed? Like not the Mexican scientists and the locals who started who started the whole thing. No, it was the Americans. And so this this feeling of invisibility... And they spoke English, like it was. You cannot just blame it on the language barrier, but like this, this um, again, like the spice. With whom do we talk to? Do we take the native English-speaking person? Do we talk with the Americans, or do we talk with the locals? So, like this feeling of invisibility is is almost like a red thread. We are obviously talking about countries like the United States, but then we talk about countries like Egypt, and we, I think, we can agree the challenges are completely different when it comes to diversity. So what can we do to amplify diverse voices in countries with restrictive media environment? So I think like a very basic um, um, suggestion, again, would be to embrace collaborative journalism. I think at the moment we see collaborative journalism in the investigative journalism sphere, when we think of the Panama Papers, migrant files, like these big uh, investigations. But I think this could be, or this, it should be much more becoming mainstream. It's not only for the for the big global tax um, investigations. No, it can be much more um, small scale also, or collaborations on a, on a local level. Or So I think to counterbalance um, biased reporting or generally that some areas are just not present in the news, maybe it's not always the, the, the first thought to send the correspondent there, but there's journalists, there's local journalists on the ground. So to contact them, to get in touch, to get their perspectives in, I think this can enrich the coverage a lot. And this helps us to to tell the same story all over again. We all know, I think, also I mean, being a journalist and, and like I love to travel and I often look for stories that I could do abroad. And unfortunately, a lot of times, um, newsrooms, they, they are happy to take the same old story again when it kind of fits the narrative. Um, and there's like not so much openness of having more, yeah, like local in-depth, more ordinary stories. So maybe, and I think this collaboration working together with local colleagues, this is a big first step. Right. I want to talk about technology because we've been, we touched on it from different perspectives. Is technology helping to bring about more diverse voices? That's a killer question. And as, as, as so often, I think there's not a yes or no, right or wrong thing. Um, it, it can when used wisely. So, for example, in the book, there's also one um, article covering algorithmic bias. I think it's a huge, huge topic. Um, we already touched on it a little bit when I gave the example of like three black teenagers, what is considered a, um, a typical a generic image to go with this description. So algorithmic bias, um, even more so maybe this thought that this is like 
this comes, it's, it can be neutral, it's objective, it's numbers. But the numbers, of course, the algorithms are only as, as neutral and objective as the societies where the numbers were collected. So if we live in a society with a, with a history of colonialism, of, of, of sexism, of, you know, like, then of course the, the numbers we feed, uh, they, they, they reflect that. There's no way to be not biased. Um, there's no, we cannot uh, get rid of un unconscious bias, but we can, be, uh, we can acknowledge that this exists and then work together with people who can help us make it less biased or like a, a different perspective, a different light on it. And I think in the same way, technology is neither good nor bad. Um, we just have to be sure that all statistics are based on societies and we have to be aware, we know, have to know our history and we have to be aware of the biases that they might um, have. Let's talk about trust, because this uh, seems to be one of the major topics when we talk about diversity. Uh, we obviously live in an age of not only misinformation, but people just disengaging with the news either because of negativity or because of bias or because of invisible stories. So how is diversity important to regain audiences' trust? People want to be represented, and this feeling of distrust in media, I think uh, a lot what has to do with it is that people do not feel represented. They don't feel that uh, the stories matter to them or that their perspectives are reflected. And of course, it makes a huge difference when a person, let's take again the German example from the National, Social, National Socialist Underground, when a person who can relate to, to the story, it's quite likely that a protagonist might feel more comfortable, more confident, and maybe to share more with 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 this with this person. So I think like regaining trust, a, a huge step is to to be more aware of how confident are my protagonists to speak openly and and can they trust me? Like I can do they can they relate to me? Do they feel like I'm not judging them or like maybe I have a similar background? For me, it's not about that only black people can cover stories in from black communities and only uh, people with migration background can cover the story. I think that's not true. I think we can of course like I mean, there's empathy and and one can. And it's not that when white people cannot do a good job or so, but it's I think what one doesn't take as much into account is really the how how do we make um, the protagonists feel? How can they they relate? So it's it's less about um, how can I investigate the story, but more like what is the best possible access to my sources um, um, to to get a story or to find ang story angles. But then um, to take another example from the book, um, where it's about um, non-binary gendered um, uh, people, transgender people who are very aware of language and um, they uh, describe that sometimes when reading an article about uh, menstruation products for example or reproductive rights and this is like this typical only addressing to women so um, what they are suggesting is that uh, newsrooms should um, like invest time and uh, publish uh, style guides where it's very clear and visible okay this is how we how we use language these are this is the terminology that we want to um, set here as a standard that people see that the newsroom is thinking about that they want to be more inclusive and then that they are meant and i think these are two levels um, um, using language and more more diverse stuff where newsrooms could easily make a big difference and and, and really address their audience in a way that they feel seen and meant i think this is a huge step I love it. I think this is probably the best conclusion we can do. And my main takeaway from today is that diversity is not doing minorities a favor. We need them to produce quality journalism. I really like that idea. Tabia, thank you so much for participating in our podcast today. Thanks so much. It was a big, big pleasure to, to speak about the book. Thanks.
Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation on diversity just as much as we did at journalism.co.uk. If you would like to contribute or know more about those tried and tested techniques to bring diverse talent in your newsroom, join us at Newsreport Conference taking place on 27th of November at Reuters in London. If you would like to feature on our future podcasts, please get in touch on Twitter at Journalism News or drop us an email. Until next time.